Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hello, New Point. I want to give a shout out to all of our physical locations across Ohio and all of you who are joining us across the world online. We're so, so glad you've chosen to join us. Now, we're in the midst of a series called This Is Us. And I tell you, it is causing a lot of conversation, which excites me. I'm getting emails, I'm getting texts of people who are engaged in conversation with their spouses, with their friends, and even with God. And they're experiencing tremendous, tremendous growth. Now, many years ago, there was a man named Paul, and he wrote to a church in Corinth. And he basically said, you know what? We're Christ's church. We're one body and many parts. Now, I think for too long, the church has operated with that flip mindset, though, meaning that we are many bodies and we should all think and act in the same way. But that's not God's plan. You see, one of God's prayers that Jesus prayed was this, that we would be unified, that we would be able to experience oneness. Now, not unification, not you and me all being alike, but that we would be in unity. Now, think about that. One of his last prayers that Jesus prayed while he was here on earth was that his church would operate in unity first with God, and then with others. And that's why we've been doing this series, because we're discovering more and more and more how God has designed each and every one of us, and how special and wonderfully and fearfully he has made us, and how he wants us to relate to himself, and to one another, and to the church. Now, we've been taking a look at the Enneagram, and as I told you, you know, it's just a tool, okay? We always want to come back to Jesus. And if you haven't visited, though, newpoint.org slash this is us and taken that assessment, I want to encourage you to do so because it's an unbelievable tool. Matter of fact, I believe it will help you in your spiritual formation. And so we have some incredible resources there for you so that you can understand it better and why we're using it as a tool. Now, here's what we're learning. We all have a dominant center of intelligence. And this doesn't mean that that we don't use the other two at all. It just means that, that we have a dominant one. And we all use our gut, we all use our heart, and we all use our head in different ways and at different times. But we definitely, we definitely, I know it's true of me, we definitely default to our favorite one. And that is our dominant Enneagram center of intelligence. And as we looked over the past couple of weeks, we found out that there's three triads in the Enneagram, okay? We looked at the gut triad, the heart triad. And today, we want to look at the personalities five, six, and seven, and we want to look at the head triad. Now, we've been looking at a a verse, and I want us to go back to it today because it's so, so, so important for your spiritual formation and my spiritual formation, and it's from Hebrews chapter 12. 
And here's what he writes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off what? Everything that hinders us. That's that adapted self. That thing that keeps you from experiencing who God truly designed you to be. It might be a wound or a hurt, okay, or a pattern of thinking. But he says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so entangles us. And we all have that in our life. And so really what he's doing is he's giving us a command. He's saying, I'm commanding you to examine your life. I'm commanding you to be ruthless of what needs to go in your life and what needs to stay in your life. And so he says, and let us run with what? Perseverance, the race marked out for us. Now we have to run with perseverance because the fact of the matter is this takes work. You know, I'm still working on myself. I still have things that hinder me in my life. And I still battle the sin that so easily entangles me. And so each of us, we have those specific special tendencies and struggles that we fight with, and we need to be able to learn how to deal with them. Now, for the gut triad, by the way, that's me, okay, I'm an eight, it's anger. For the heart triad, it's shame. And today we wanna look at the head triad and the emotional struggle of fear, of fear. Now, each of these personalities will handle the emotion differently, and, and they will at some point struggle with it. If, if you're a, a five or a six or a seven, you're going to try to cope with this in many different ways. But the head triad copes with the, uh, the dominant emotion of fear in, in, in a number of different ways, and each do it differently. Now, for example, the five will withdraw. When fear comes, you'll just withdraw. The six, what they will do is they will seek security but feel anxious. And then the seven will distract themselves. They'll just distract themselves. And so just like the gut and the heart, the head shares some common priorities as well. And, and the common priorities for the, the, the head is minimize anxiety. How can I minimize anxiety? Because fear is that dominant emotion. And then obtain certainty and security because if, if, I, if I know that this is certain and I feel secure, well, then I'm gonna minimize that anxiety. And then third is to gain knowledge, to gain knowledge. Now, that's a brief overview of the head triad. But let's take a deeper look as we have in the past at each personality type that comprises the head triad, all right? Let's start off with the type five, the investigator, okay? Here's the childhood message that maybe you heard if you are a five, and that is this. It's not okay to be comfortable in the world versus your needs are not a problem. Your needs are not a problem. You see, if you are a five, maybe you didn't receive any meaningful interaction or emotion or affection from your caretakers or maybe from your mom or for your dad. And as a child, maybe you had this intrusive, over-controlling caretaker or parent and you felt exposed and defenseless in the face of this intrusion. And so it has had a 
tremendous impact. And so what you've done is you've built walls around yourself and you've retreated to that mental realm and it has affected you and it's caused you to live out an adapted lifestyle instead of an authentic lifestyle. But here's what we have. And this is what we wanna focus on, okay? You have the divine gift and that is God's wisdom and insight. Now, your core striving is to perceive and to understand the distorted belief that we have to throw off, okay? Because it's gonna hinder you is I must be self-sufficient to survive. And then a five's focus of attention is on what makes sense. What makes sense? The root sin is greed and withholding, all right? Doesn't mean that you're, you're greedy. It's just, it just means that, that you have a tendency to pull back because you wanna make sure that you have enough. Avoidance is looking foolish or uninformed. The primary fear is being depleted and overwhelmed. You, you, you wanna make sure that you have everything that you need to do everything that life is calling you to do. And yet the transformational growth opportunity for a five is to be generous, that God will take care of you and to live in community to really be known for who you are because you're special. If you are a five, you are special. And so how does a five relate to God? Well, a five will see God as all wise and never ever wasteful. And so their primary goal will be to connect with the wisdom of God, to understand the deeper realities of life and to be able to, to apply it for the sake of living well in this broken world. Now, it's very hard for a five to see God as being impractical because while God is very, very wise, okay, he's never wasteful. And yet what happens as a five, you never see the whole picture, do you? And so it can be hard for you as a five to understand what God is doing in his world when you only have a portion of the information or some of the facts. And so if you're a five, you will greatly benefit if you will shift from trying to make sense of everything and allow for some mystery, okay, and the unknown and learn to trust God and not rely on the circumstances of life, but rely on his character and let him surprise you with his faithfulness. And so that's how we should relate to God if you're a five. How about to others, all right? Fives are not going to express the fullness of how they're feeling, okay? They're just not, but you can count on it. They're going to express the facts as they are. If you're married to a five, you know they're coming back to the facts over and over again, and they will bring simplicity in the midst of complexity in your life. They can help you, okay, by condensing a wide scope of data and information into something that is simple and practical and helpful that you can grasp and that you can use. And yet there will be times of where a five will feel that they lack the adequate resources to meet the demands of life. And when this happens, they will often withdraw. They will pull themselves away, maybe from you, or from a situation, and they will go into their private world of thoughts and concepts in order to what? To escape. And so if you're in a relationship with a five, hear me on this, okay? 
encourage them to be confident and to be bold and to be courageous and that they have what it takes to forge ahead. And let them know that it's okay not to have an answer to everything in life. That's why we have to trust God. And so as a five, do your best to avoid your natural instinct, okay? And it's gonna be hard. That's why you gotta throw off that which hinders you to withdraw when you know it's not the right thing to do because you'll know it's not the right thing to do, but your natural instinct will want you to pull away. And yet what happens is if you refuse to do that, you will benefit in the relationships with other people by practicing emotional empathy before trying to fix certain situations. And so don't withdraw, move ahead, forge ahead, because you're more than enough to do that. Now, how does a five relate to the church? Well, they're kind of behind the scenes people, okay? They're comfortable in that. They're comfortable in just operating behind the scenes because they don't wanna look foolish. They don't wanna look incompetent. And so many times what happens is they pull back and they're willing to work behind the scenes. But here's what I want you to understand, fives. The church needs you because you're incredible in helping us think through things and to be thorough in that. And, and if you're wanting processes and systems to be developed, you know what? A five can do it. They can take the, the, the complicated things and streamline them. And, and when a process doesn't make sense to them, it's gonna frustrate them. It could even terrify them because they want things to work. And so if you're a five and you're serving in the church, hear me on this, okay? Help communicate to us that you're not criticizing us to put us down. But, but what happens is you're critiquing us so that we can get better because I believe that the church ought to be the best-led organization in the world. So don't withdraw when it doesn't make sense. Realize that, that you will experience tremendous growth when you forge ahead. And you can be a great, great, unbelievable resource for the church so that we can function better and so that we can operate better, so that we can be the hope of the world to a world that desperately needs us. And you can be a source, okay, so that people can access your wisdom, your insight, and your expertise. And we love you fives. Never forget that more importantly, God loves you. How about type six, all right? Here's the childhood message there. It's not okay to trust yourself. It's not okay to trust yourself versus you are safe. You are safe. Now, if you're a type six, okay, maybe as a child, you were raised in an unpredictable situation and you had no safe place to go to. And there is a possibility that at some point you lost faith or trust in those who should have protected you. And maybe you felt that, you know what, they will never protect me. And because of this, maybe you turn to this inner defense of doubting and disbelieving reality and rejecting your own instincts. And guess what? It's still with you today, many, many years later. And it's caused you to have an adapted self instead of an authentic self. And today I want you to shed that and to be able to say no more and throw it off. Now, 
Here's what I want you to understand about you. This is so, so good, sixes, okay, the loyalist. That is your divine gift, God's faithfulness and courage. Wow. Now, your core striving is to be safe and certain. Your distorted belief, this is what we have to shed, okay? This will hinder you. I must do my duty to be secure, okay? Need to shed that. Focus of attention on what could go wrong. How about what could go right, okay? Your root sin is anxiety and angst. Your avoidance is defiance and punishment. Your primary fear is being helpless and defenseless. But Jesus, you know what? He's there. He's your protector. He's your provider. And the transformational growth that you have as an opportunity is to develop a courageous spirit and a confidence in Jesus that he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, that he will be with you through all of life's ups and downs. And so how does a six relate to God? All right, well, a, a six views God as faithful, dependable, and constant. And so when anything uncertain happens, or maybe a six feels like, like, like uh, they're, they're out of wits, okay, they don't feel dependable, they have a tendency to think that God doesn't care about them, or that, that God has abandoned them, because a six desires to experience the dependable guidance and support that Jesus offers, that God offers. And many times, though, God's faithfulness is measured whether or not something went according to their plan, their ideas, their way. And what happens is this. If it doesn't, they may feel like God has let them down. And maybe as a six, you might say, you know what, why doesn't God do something about this situation? Why doesn't God do something about that person? And if you're a six, you will greatly benefit, greatly benefit by placing your confidence in Jesus and his strength before you place your, your, your concern in that situation. You see, it's so, so, so important for you and I to understand this because it may require you to go back and reframe the situation. And to be able to say, you know what, I need to take a step back. I need to look at this from a different perspective. And I promise you, sixes, it will be worth it. Because what happens is God will continue to place you in situations that will require you to trust him. Because that's what he wants with you and me. Matter of fact, Hebrews 11, six says, without faith or without trust, it is impossible to please God. And so he wants to develop that trust in you. Now, how does a six relate to others, okay? Well, a type six is very, very trustworthy. They're cooperative, they're supportive, okay? They actually may express anxiety or fear when they are perceived uh, uh, in another way, okay? Because they are loyal and they are supportive. And if you're in a relationship with a six, hear me on this, okay? You will find that they will give you care and stability like no one else okay? They will rarely, if ever, let someone down. They are faithful. They are faithful. In fact, you know what? Many times a six won't start something until they know for sure that they can do it because they don't want to let anybody down. 
And that's one of their strengths. One of their strengths is, is to be able to be that faithful person. Another strength is to be able to see every angle of a situation. Every angle of a situation. But this process can open up doors of possibility for failure, which can cause anxiety there. And they can be plagued with self-doubt. So if you know, listen, if you know a six, if you're married to a six, maybe you have a son or a daughter who is a six or a brother or a sister, okay, and they're plagued with self-doubt, you know, what I wanna encourage you to do is reassure your commitment to them and your appreciation to them. And so let them know that you love them and that you will not abandon them. Because what happens is their tendency can look at things and say, oh my lands, this is going to go south. This is going to be wrong. And so what happens is it can paralyze them and stop them in their tracks from making decisions. So encourage them by reminding them that you will be by their side no matter what. Through thick and through thin, you will be there. Reassure them of your part in the relationship that you're going to be there. Because listen, a six has a tendency to worry about anything, worry about everything. Now, how does a six relate to the church, okay? A healthy six, okay, are great problem solvers. They're, they're some of the best problem solvers you will ever meet. They will always have three or different, three or four different ways in which you can solve a problem because they see it from different angles. They have an uncanny ability to be able to, to look at a problem before it even comes to fruition and to be able to help you to solve it. And, and they're going to carry out their responsibilities with character and integrity and high ethical standards. You see, loyalty is very, very important to a six, and they don't wanna let you down. And they are committed to being devoted and staying with something until it's completed. They're great team players, and they will diligently work to ensure that every practical detail is thought over and is carried out, that there's no loopholes to be considered. You know what? For me, I need sixes in my life because I don't work that way. They're, they're skilled troubleshooters who enjoy assisting others and preparing others to execute strategies and plans and even deal with perplexing issues in life. And so it can be very, 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 very much a blessing to have six in your life. But you know what? A six can have a tendency to wait on the sidelines when it comes to serving in the church. And this happens because they jump to unreasonable conclusions with their fear of not being able to maybe follow through or, or be committed or to succeed. And yet when I wanna tell you six is this, listen, step up to the plate, swing the bat, we need you. We need you. You are loyal. You are creative problem solvers. And we need that in the church. And we will benefit greatly, greatly from your expertise in this. And if you're a six, you need to understand that your fear is something to overcome, not to be avoided. And Jesus is committed to helping you overcome your fears. Let's take a look at this last one, and that is type seven, the, the enthusiast, okay? And the childhood message here is, it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything versus you will be taken care of. Wow. 
And so if you're a seven here today, maybe you have been deprived of, of the nurture that you needed growing up, or maybe it was removed from you too soon, too quick. You had to grow up too quick, too fast. And maybe you have handled this by searching for distractions to minimize or to repress the fear and the anxiety that, that comes along with that. And maybe you have, have decided to, to adapt yourself and to rely on yourself to have comfort and to have a sense of peace. And today I wanna tell you, shed that. Look to Jesus because he wants to give you the peace and the comfort and the strength that you need. He wants to be that for you. Now, what's your divine gift? It's God's joy and abundance. Oh, my lands, I tell you, you, you bring incredible joy and abundance to every situation. Your core striving is to be happy and free, okay? If you're throwing a party, invite sevens, okay? That's what, that's what they want. The distorted belief that you need to, to shed, though, okay, is happiness comes from external experiences. You need to shed that, all right? Your focus of attention is on what's next. Squirrel! <laughs> that's a seven, okay? And so you, you need to realize that your root uh, sin is gluttony. It's not necessarily talking about food. It's just talking about what's next, what's next? I want more, I want more, I want more. The avoidance is pain and suffering, pain and suffering. And then the primary fear is being trapped and deprived. Here's the transformational growth opportunity for sevens, okay? Sober joy and grounded presence. Wow, sober joy and grounded presence. That can be found in the person of Jesus. Now, how does a seven relate to God? Okay, well, God is full of life and God is full of adventure and joy. And it can be daunting for a seven to think of God as being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when a seven is working on developing their relationship with God, they might jump from one Bible study to another Bible study to another Bible study, from one regiment to another regiment to jumpstart their relationship with Jesus because boredom with God can make a seven feel distance from God or even guilty. And life from their perspective is designed to be full of delight and excitement and adventure. So they have a great desire, a great desire to, to get in on what God is doing in the world. And so when life is difficult, when life is hard, when life is filled with trials, a seven can think that God has left them and is aloof and doesn't care. It's hard for them to be content and, 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 and to be able to just live in their present circumstance. Why would they want to do that? They want joy, they want happiness, and they think it comes from the external. Now, this isn't, listen, this isn't intentional, okay? They genuinely do not want to miss out on God's best for them. And that's why I love sevens. They really want God's best. They hunger for that. And, and, and so sevens, you will experience more sustained joy and contentment when you realize that, you know what? God uses problems. God uses pain. God, listen to me, God uses times of aloneness to develop a well-rooted life in him. 
And so he'll do that. So embrace that. How does a seven relate to others then? Well, they will bring fun. They will bring adventure into your life. Matter of fact, I love having breakfast with sevens because they make me laugh. They give me energy. They are the life of the party. They encourage people in incredible ways. And they encourage people to keep a balanced perspective on positive outcomes. And even what could be considered a negative situation, they offer alternatives to the gloom and doom mindset that many of us struggle with. And so if you struggle with that, man, get with a seven because they will help you with that. Now, don't be fooled though, okay? They have their own struggles and, and, and they have a sense of the fear of failure or missing out. And, and, and so their tool to confront that fear looks very different than others. You see, a seven may not admit that he's fearful or she's fearful, but what they will do is they will play the card of avoidance. And how do they avoid? They move on to something else. They, they, they just move on to something else, something better, something that feels better, something that looks better. And this means that they won't always follow through on things. So they need to be reminded and lovingly held accountable to be able to follow through on things because maybe fear is speaking to them. And so if you're in a relationship with a seven, you need to remind them that maybe taking on another project, <laughs> another responsibility will end up causing them more havoc and more stress down the road. And that if they can get past certain situations in their life, and if they're willing to embrace the pain embrace the problem and learn and grow from it, they will soar in incredible ways in their relationship with God and with others and with themselves. However, however, if you're living with a seven or if you have a friend for a seven, you might have to help them live in reality at times because they'll want to escape it because they'll want to run from problems or difficult situations. And so, don't allow them to keep their life so busy that they don't have time to think or deal with the issues or the problems or the trials that they have. Be able to say, hey, you know what? You can do this. With God's help, you can do this. And so a seven will benefit greatly in their relationships by thanking God for every circumstance and for everything. God, you know, what do you want to teach me? How do you want to grow me? How do you want to develop me? And so how does a seven relate to the church? Let's wrap this up, okay? A seven is going to be like a shot of caffeine into any ministry that they serve in. They're gonna be exciting. They're gonna be fun. They're gonna bring great energy. They're gonna be vision casters. However, okay, however, they do struggle with this personality trait, FOMO, the fear of missing out. And it's because of this that a seven is great starters. But honestly, let's be honest, sevens, you're not a great finisher. You're not always the best at finishing. You will gravitate towards a ministry that has the most excitement, that seems to be like the most fun. And yet, here's what I want you to know, sevens. I love you, God loves you, and you are an incredible gift to the church, and the church needs you because you know what? The fact of the matter is there are some areas of the church that needs more excitement, that needs more energy, and you can bring it. But when you do, endure to completion. 
discover that euphoric sense of, of contentment and satisfaction that comes by finishing something, and you will be blessed in doing so. And so a seven is eager to serve. A seven is eager to explore. A seven is eager to devour new ideas and informations and insights and interesting facts. And you can help the church because you know what your question is? What if? What if we did this? What if we tried this? What if we got creative? What if we thought out of the box? And I want you to realize that we need that kind of thinking, even though, even though we can't do everything that you'd like for us to do. And so today, the head triad, fear. Fear is the dominant emotion for the head triad. And it's important for you to realize, it's important for all of us to realize that, that this fear will keep you from realizing and reaching your full potential in Jesus Christ. And you need to realize that Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He, he wants the very best for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And his love is perfect. And so it'll cast out all fear when you experience it. And so understand that God's love is perfect. And there's nothing you can do to cause him to love you more and there's nothing you can do to cause him to love you less. And so I wanna encourage you to take time to meditate upon the fact that God knows everything about you, and yet he loves you. I wanna leave you with this verse. It's from Isaiah, and it's one of my favorite verses. It says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. Five, six, and sevens and says to you, do not fear. Why? I will help you. I will help you. And so I want to encourage you today to look to the author and the perfecter of our faith. His name is Jesus, and he loves you, and he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you, and he will help you to throw off the things that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you so that you can be the authentic you that God has designed you to be. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for your truth. We thank you that you have created us in an incredible, wonderful, and fearfully way. And we wanna celebrate all of that. We, we, God, we wanna be the best version of who you designed us to be and who you've called us to be. And so today, God, I pray all throughout this audience today that you would help us to experience and to know the height and the depth and the length and the width of your love and that we would be filled with your love and that there would be no room in our life for fear to hold us back. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.